Hello everyone, I'm Brent Humphreys and I'm yelling from the couch. Welcome in to this week's edition of yelling from the couch. We have a lot to discuss. Uh, this past week, the Reds had an eventful week. Uh, Bengals had a little bit of news. Kentucky Wildcats basketball had some news. The media days going on for the football team. But well, we will start out today's podcast with the best thing I saw from the last week. Well, the best thing I saw from the last week was Kentucky Wildcats going to Canada and winning Global Jam. Not just winning Global Jam, winning all of their games, almost by double digits. It wasn't complete double digits, but the round-robin game, they defeated Germany. Then they defeated Canada pretty handily, and then they played the uh, BAL team from Africa. Uh, they defeated them pretty handily as well. And then uh, Sunday, the gold medal game against uh, Canada they took care of business and they won. The same event last year Baylor was in. Baylor went one and four in. Now I know some of these players uh, that Kentucky was playing against won't be the competition that they'll be facing when they do go into SEC play or the NCAA tournament. But for a team that just got together with very few people coming back from last year's team, you have Antonio Reeves, Aduthiero and a bunch of other dudes. Uh, Trey Mitchell obviously had uh, some success uh, out of West Virginia and experience there. And uh, yeah, that was it. The rest of them are freshmen that played. Uh, Antonio Reeves winning the MVP of the tournament. Uh, well deserved. I mean, he was the best player down there for sure. So glad to have Antonio Reeves back. Uh, he makes this team dangerous if he's hitting shots like he was down there. And he was hitting shots. The surprise of this tournament, if you ask me, Reed Shepard. Uh, that kid, he, he's going to play in the NBA one day. Uh, I thought that he would probably be a four-year player at Kentucky. Uh, it's looking like he's probably not going to be there for all four years uh, if he keeps playing the way he played today, uh, played in that tournament over the weekend. Big surprise. Kid just coming up. True freshman from uh, North Laurel, uh, just in high school a few months ago playing ball. And this kid just come out and just balled out defensively, offensively. Uh, he's athletic. I mean, dunking the ball go that block that he had against the the uh backboard reminded me of the uh the Tayshaun Prince or LeBron James uh come from behind block uh it was just amazing and he's going to be a good one and this team if Aaron Bradshaw comes back I I don't know I don't know how he'll fit in with the rest of the team but with the small lineup that they had it might be a good thing that Uganda didn't play. Uh, now, he is hurt foot, and he may not be back for quite a while, but this team looks pretty good right now without him. I know it's just July, and it's like, oh, yeah, calm down. I mean, seeing what Kentucky does when it comes to March, yeah, 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 I hear that. But right now, they are 
for a team playing in July like that and to play that way, it's pretty impressive no matter who they're playing against. And without, I mean, this team just came together less than a month ago. This roster wasn't even fully formed. Trey Mitchell didn't come in until, you know, a few weeks ago after Huggy Bear got let go at West Virginia. And then you got Jordan Burks and uh, Joey Hart. They just joined the team first of June, I believe. And for them to come out, and they, those two guys, to be fair, they didn't play a whole lot. Uh, Burks played quite, uh, more than Hart did, but uh, still, they didn't really contribute a whole lot. But still, they're part of this team, and they weren't a part of it a month and a half ago. And now they are, and they look like they were having fun out there, which winning cures a lot of things. We'll see how this season goes uh, with the Kentucky Wildcats and the basketball, but fun, fun little few days uh, preview of the of the Cats here in July. Uh, instead of Christmas in July, it's kind of like you know Cats in July. But now moving on to the worst thing I saw from the last week. The worst thing I saw from the last week was the Reds getting swept after the all-star break to start the second half of the season to the Milwaukee Brewers and not just getting swept, getting shut out the first two games, uh, counting the game before that, it would be three straight shutouts against the Brewers. And then Sunday they come back and they blew, blew a lead, uh, ended up losing four to three in that game. And then after that, they went to San Francisco. No, they didn't go to San Francisco. San Francisco came up here. And San Francisco beat them Monday night and Tuesday night, first two games of the, of the uh, series, putting the Reds' losing streak at six in a row. Now, they had a chance to really push Milwaukee away and run away with this division, but – they just couldn't get it done, and they are now uh, back in chase mode again. Uh, they were, as time of recording, they were two and a half games out for Milwaukee for first place. Which isn't, it's not insurmountable, but, you know, the games you play against the top teams like that, you've got to really bring your A game. They have a tough series uh, coming up this weekend against Arizona. Arizona just took some out of the Braves. I'm pretty sure they took like two or three out of the Braves. And the Braves, I mean, one of the games is like 16 to 13. I mean, a lot of scoring in those games. But uh, Tuesday night, there was a lot of scoring in the Reds game. It was 11 to 10. Uh, and how about the debut of... Christian Encarnacion Strand, C-E-S, yes, yes, yes. He played Monday. He got called up. He played, rain delay, didn't didn't do anything that day. On Tuesday, he comes up. He pinch hits for Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley, who went deep, hit a home run earlier in the game for the Reds. And David Bell says, uh, no, we, uh, we're going to pinch hit for you here, Jake. So he pinch hits for him, and he brings up CES. CES comes up, slider, sends it into the left field seats, upper decker, gone. I mean, that he crushed the ball. It was 
I mean, that's some power right there. And he just very impressive. Uh, the kid, he, I seen he was hitting a whole bunch when he was down in uh, AAA. And the Reds, in that deal that they got for Tyler Malley, I mean, just think about it. They got him. They got Spencer Steer out of that. And the Twins got Tyler Malley, which Tyler Malley, okay. Uh, yeah. Decent pitcher, but I don't know if it's worth all that. I'm glad that the Reds made the deal. I mean, pretty good deal out there getting it from the Twins. Uh, the Reds uh, won two in a row now. They're on a two-game winning streak. They won 3-2 to two on Wednesday beating the Giants. And then Thursday, they beat the Giants 5-1. to one. Andrew Abbott goes eight innings during that game. The longest outing by a Reds pitcher this season. And we're like 90-some games, almost 100 games in. It's crazy to think that no Reds starter has went that long in a game yet. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. You think that by now they would have had a starter go that long. Nope, not yet. And Abbott was pitching pretty good. Took him out, brought in Derek Law. Derek Law gives up a home run to Wilmer Flores, who just absolutely crushed the Reds this year. Uh, or this year, this series, he absolutely crushed them. It seems like he hit a home run several times. I mean, he, he just, he was a Reds killer this series. But they got the split against the Giants, which, uh, you know, after the first two games, that's, you know, you could, you're glad to see that they actually, you know, that they split with them there and that they didn't, uh, they didn't, you know, lose the series or, or get swept after the way the first two went. Uh, they could have, you know, rolled over and just, you know, but they, and let them beat them. But uh, they got the Diamondbacks coming up this weekend. The Diamondbacks uh, take two or three from the Braves. Uh, they won the first two, and then the Braves won the last game seven to five. The uh, Diamondbacks are a pretty good team. They got a pretty good rookie, Corbin Carroll. Uh, but the Reds, they got some pretty good rookies themselves there. And, uh, you know, the whole infield played uh, – the whole infield the other day was a rookie. You had uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand playing first base, Matt McClain playing second base, Ellie De La Cruz playing shortstop, and Spencer Steer playing third base. Uh, the first time the Reds had run an all-rookie in, all infield out since the 1992 season. But uh, stick around. We'll be back here in the next segment on Yelling from the Couch. Introducing Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter, the nutty sensation. Are you ready to elevate your peanut butter experience to new heights? Look no further than Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter the ultimate indulgence for peanut butter lovers. With its rich velvety texture and mouth-watering flavor, our peanut butter is a delectable treat that will leave you craving for more. Creamy perfection. Our carefully crafted formula guarantees a smooth and creamy texture that spreads like a dream on your favorite bread, crackers, or fruits. Say goodbye to clumpy and sticky peanut butter and say hello to pure creamy perfection. 100% natural ingredients. At Chestnut Hill, we believe in providing only the best for our customers. That's why our creamy peanut butter is made from 100% natural, non-GMO peanuts without any dried preservatives or artificial flavors. Enjoy the pure, authentic taste of peanuts in every delightful spoon. 
Whether you're making a classic PB&J sandwich, adding a dollop to your smoothie, or using it as a dip for veggies, our creamy peanut butter is the perfection added to any snack or meal. Plus, it's packed with essential nutrients like protein, healthy fats, and fiber to keep you energized and satisfied. Chestnut Hill is loved by kids and adults alike. It's a pantry staple that brings joy and deliciousness to every household. Try it today. Every experience, experience the nutty sensation that everyone is raving about. Grab a jar of Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter from your nearest store and dive into a world of delightful flavor and pure satisfaction. Calling all peanut butter enthusiasts. Share your love for Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter on social media using hashtag Nutty Sensation and tag us at Chestnut Hill PB. We can't wait to see your peanut butter creations. Indulge in the creamy goodness of Chestnut Hill Creamy Peanut Butter. It's a taste you'll crave again and again. Don't miss out on this nutty delight. Make it a part of your daily snack routine. Welcome back in, yelling from the couch. I uh, just want to go back to the Reds real quick here. Uh, they they did snap that six-game losing skid. They uh, they won three to two um, over the Giants. On on uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday they won three two over Giants on Wednesday. Will Benson hit a three-run home run, and that was the only run scored in the game for the Reds. Uh, Graham Ashcraft went six innings, pitched pretty good, gave up a home run in the top of the seventh, and then they, they pulled him. But uh, good start for Ashcraft. He's finally getting back to the way he was last year, the pitcher that he was and can be. He is uh, – there's just a really slow start for him this year. I don't know if it, the injury was what what was holding him back or, or what it was, but he's really coming along the last four or five starts here, and hopefully he can continue that moving forward. And then, of course, you had Andrew Abbott in the series finale going eight innings. Dude's been phenomenal all year uh, aside from the one start against the Brewers. And, you know, you're going to have that with the rookie – He's going to come in. He's going to give up some runs. Uh, but so far, he's been stellar in his seven starts. Uh, really good uh, call up there for the Reds with the lefty. And I don't know about you all, but if you look at if you look at Andrew Abbott, just facially looking at him with the mustache and everything, with that hat on, does he not remind you of like a young Alan Jackson? I mean, <laughs> I see Alan Jackson when I look at him. Country music singer Alan Jackson. That's why I think every time I see that. Then, you know, another thing I look at him, I said, well, maybe, you know, kind of looks like a little Richie Cunningham from Happy Days back in the day. But, uh, yeah, it kind of gives me that Alan Jackson, you know, kind of look to him a little bit there. But, I mean, he can look like whoever he wants to. It don't matter. Uh, but as long as he keeps pitching the way he's pitching out there and uh, they give him the support that, that he needs, like he got some good run support today. And that's just what the Reds needed. And, uh so they'll move on to play Arizona, and then after they play Arizona, they have the Milwaukee Brewers again for the last time this season. Now, hopefully they uh, play better in that series than they did these last ones, but the Arizona's not going to be a pushover. They're going to they're gonna be a tough team to play, and uh, hopefully the Reds are ready to rock and roll and come out there and win that series. Now I'd like to switch over to a little NFL news. Running backs. 
in the NFL, there is a big debate now about running backs. Are they being underpaid? Are, you know, is that position going away? Or how come certain other positions get paid more than the running back position? Well, running backs are, you know, you could get a running back, draft a running back, keep them for a few years. Their rookie deal comes up, you can go get you another running back. Running back shelf life don't last very long. A lot of them don't get to that second contract. The whole debate come up earlier in the week with Saquon Barkley. Saquon uh, was coming up on maybe uh, trying to get a new deal, and the Giants declined giving him a big deal. So he's now thinking about setting out for the season. Uh, because he thinks that, you know, running backs are underpaid. And they, you know, they're not like they used to be. Uh, running backs used to be like one of the top, you know, names. And, you know, they would last a lot longer than they do now. Running back life don't, uh, running back shelf life doesn't last very long. So, uh. Yeah, he's, he's thinking about setting out. Uh, the Bengals, they have Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon actually took a uh, deal, uh, cut his deal in order to uh, help the Bengals out in signing other players. So Joe Mixon gets it. Uh, he knows that, you know, that he's not going to make a ton of money as a running back and kids coming up, they're not going to want to play running back because they know that that position is not going to get paid a whole lot. Uh, hopefully that, you know, hopefully they will be, you know, they get their, the pay that they deserve. But like I said, a shelf life for the running back ain't very long in the NFL and with all them hits that they take and everything. And with the NFL going more pass happy, uh, it's not the, you know, not the position that kids want to grow up to be and play. Uh, more NFL news. The Cincinnati Bengals, which is uh, who I, we cover here the most, at, uh, today they announced the two inductees into the Ring of Honor for Cincinnati. That will be... Chad Johnson, or Ocho Cinco, as he has been known by, and Boomer Esiason. Uh, Chad Johnson played for the Bengals for the first part of the 2000s, uh, played in two Super Bowls, or not Super Bowls, so played, made two playoff appearances with the Bengals and then was traded off to the New England Patriots. A uh, very good player, really good, really entertaining guy. Uh, loved watching him play. Loved the celebrations that he had, would come up with. Uh, he was just really fun player. Uh, really loved Chad Johnson. And uh, Boomer Esiason, of course, he led the Bengals to the Super Bowl uh, back against the San Francisco 49ers uh, in a loss against Joe Montana and them, uh, Boomer is on, uh, NFL today now, uh, during the games on CBS. 
good announcer, still Bengals fan, still roots for the Bengals openly on there. So uh, the Bengals will honor will uh, honor those guys on September the 25th at the halftime versus the Rams. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to for the Bengals fans there. They could uh, celebrate those guys going in and uh, being inducted into the Cincinnati Bengals Ring of Honor. SEC Media Days switching over to UK football, college football. Uh, the University of Kentucky Wildcats go down to Nashville. Mark Stoops has his press conference yesterday uh, for Media Days. And not much big news coming out of there. Uh, not much big news coming out of SEC Media Days to begin with. It wasn't like last year's SEC Media Days where Jimbo Fisher kind of uh, – Took a few shots at Nick Saban a little bit there, and but uh, yeah, that uh, that's what's going on there with Kentucky uh, football right now. A few, we're just a few weeks away from getting the kickoff started, and I cannot wait for Kentucky football. I believe this team is going to be pretty good. Devin Leary is supposedly the real deal. I can't wait to see the kid play to see what he can do uh they they had him as a top pick last year one of the top quarterbacks before the season out of north carolina state but he ended up getting hurt and just didn't live up to that potential and ended up transferring out and taking over for will levis at quarterback there will levis of course drafted by the tennessee titans in the second round so yeah i'll be i'm really excited for it And it's only a few weeks away. I mean, we're getting pretty close. Uh, the first game of the season, they'll play uh, Ball State at home. Uh, then they play Eastern Kentucky at home, Akron at home, at Vandy, Florida at home, at Georgia, Missouri at home, at Tennessee, Mississippi State at home, Alabama at home, at South Carolina, and at Louisville to finish the season up. Now, I'm going to go through here real quick, and I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction on each game and say if it's going to be a win or a loss and why I think one way or another. And it may be just a silly reason why I think that, but it's just, you know, let's just do it for fun. we got a whole month to go. I'll probably do this again. Uh, but here we go. Uh, Kentucky and Ball State. They'll host Ball State first game of the season. I think uh, Kentucky will come out and they'll win the first game. Ball State will probably give them a game. Uh, it always happens that first game of the year, especially under Stoops for some reason. They uh, just don't come out the best the first couple of weeks of the season, it seems like. They kind of got to get into the flow of things. We'll see how this offense does under Liam Cohen coming back, homecoming for Cohen. Uh, welcome back, Coach. Uh, and then uh, the next week they'll play Eastern Kentucky at home. Obviously, I think that'll also be a win. Uh, hopefully, they don't need a last-second uh, miracle prayer up to Dorian Baker to uh, win the game like they did a few years ago, I believe, the last time they played Eastern Kentucky. Uh, that was that was pretty rough. Uh, they went to overtime against Eastern Kentucky and throw it up to Dorian Baker in the corner over there, and he made a catch to 
uh, seal it for the cats, but yeah, hopefully they don't need that this time. Hopefully it's much out of reach by the time it gets to that point and they uh, can comfortably kind of set people by the fourth. The next week uh, they play another Mac team, Akron, the uh, Zips. Uh, I think Kentucky will win that one as well. It'll be a home game, third game of the year. I think that the, that'll be favorable for them. The week four, they play Vandy at Vandy. I think the Cats win this one as well. Vandy is much improved. Uh, they have a uh, pretty good coach, I believe, now, a uh, decent coach. But we have their running back from last year, and we're getting payback. They beat us up here, and Kentucky's uh, running back that they got, Ray Davis, ran all over Kentucky, and he's going to run all over the Commodores this year for the Cats, and the Cats are going to win that game as well. I got them starting this season right now. After that, 4-0. The next week, they play Florida at home. Give me the Cats. I think Kentucky is the better team. I think Kentucky right now is the better program, and I think Kentucky right now has the better coach. For once, for the last five, six years now, Kentucky and Florida have flipped. Kentucky is the football program over Florida. Not historically, don't get me wrong on that. I know Kentucky has struggled. They have lost They lost to Florida for like 30-some years almost. Not anymore. Kentucky is going to beat Florida 5-0. Then they're going to roll into Athens, Georgia, and they're going to get crushed 5-1. Nothing else to say there. Georgia is just a different beast. Kentucky can bring their A game, and it probably won't matter because Georgia always has an A game. Even when they have a bad game, they're still having a good game. I mean, there's, you know, it'd have to have some sort of miracle to beat them. Not going to happen. Georgia will beat them. Kentucky will be 5-1 and one after uh, that week. And then they go play Missouri. Missouri. Well, Missouri comes to Lexington to play. Missouri's a sneaky good team. Uh, they always play pretty tough against Kentucky. Uh, they think that this is a rivalry for some reason. Kentucky players don't think it's a rivalry. I don't think it's a rivalry. But somehow Missouri has it in their head that it's a rivalry. Uh, give me the Cats on that one. Six and one going at Tennessee. So they go to Tennessee. They never, they can hardly beat Tennessee. Uh, it's something about Tennessee that always, even when Kentucky has a better team, they beat them. I think Kentucky's beat Tennessee three times in the last 12 years. I don't see them going down there and winning this one either. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, because I hate Tennessee. They low down, they dirty, they some snitches. It's the orange that you can't sit with. It's, uh, you know, that puke inside of a pumpkin orange. It's like a garbage truck worker convention in there. You know, all that good stuff. But uh, with uh, their quarterback leaving, uh, this past year, uh, man, I should know. Uh, Milton is the one that's coming in. He 
was highly touted. He come from Michigan. He's supposed to be a lot of Tennessee fans will tell you that he is a lot better than the previous quarterback, but that is to be determined. But I still believe that Kentucky will probably drop that game to Tennessee, and it, they will be six and two after that, going into the final third of the season. And then they'll have the Mississippi State Bulldogs come up here. Now, Mississippi State uh, has a new coach now after uh, Mike Leach passed away uh, in the offseason. Mike Leach was always a an innovator uh, on offense. He was uh, he brought the air raid to Kentucky back in the day. Uh, I like to run and gun, throw it like that, but uh, also a very good – guy to listen to on interviews and, and all that uh very uh very funny very dry kind of humor but uh they'll have a new coach uh, i believe kentucky will take care of business there and they will be seven and two when alabama crimson tide roll into town this one here will probably be another one like georgia now kentucky's got the home field advantage but Saban is hungry. Saban has not won a championship in a few years now. Georgia has won uh, several of them. He's wanting to get back to the mountaintop, and Kentucky's just going to be in the way for him. Kentucky will give him a battle because he always, always brags on Kentucky and how tough they are and how physical they are and how, how beat up his guys are. But this year I think that uh, Alabama will probably take it again. Kentucky hasn't beaten them since, like, 97 and I don't see it happening again this year. So after that game, uh, Kentucky will be 7-3. and three. And then they go on to at South Carolina. Now, we owe South Carolina from last year. There's a little rivalry there between uh, Beamer and Stoops. Uh, Stoops said something about his stupid sunglasses or something like that. And after South Carolina beat Kentucky last year, he celebrated with his sunglasses uh, which if you can, you know, if you beat somebody, you can talk all the smack you want to. There's no, you know, you, you can't get mad at that. I mean, Stoop started the, the smack talk and Beamer kind of shut him up on that. And that's fine and dandy, but we owe them. We owe them one this time. But I think South Carolina is going to beat us seven to four, seven and four after that game. And then at Louisville, Kentucky's going to pound Louisville like they pound Louisville every year. I don't think it's going to be close. Kentucky will win this game again and take home the Governor's Cup once again and play for a pretty decent bowl. Uh, that'll put them at 8-4. and four. Eh, decent bowl. They won't be in a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, but they'll be in a decent bowl again. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got on the U.K. schedule there. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in out there, and we will see you on the next week's episode. Yelling from the couch. See ya. Yay!